Gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello and welcome to the Talent Podcast, podcast brought to you by The Wheel. I am your host, Adam, and with me as always, my co-host, Mike Steve Womack-Regan. Mike Steve Womack-Regan, how are you doing today? The lineman? No. What? Steve, no. To Steve Womack. He's a senator from South yeah. Carolina, or a representative, one of the two. Yeah. I'm doing great. Hi, everybody. I'm Mike Regan, and I think that daylight savings time is a stupid thing we do and we should not participate. Uh, is that relevant to anything or is that about as relevant as my Steve Womack thing? It's about as relevant as your Steve Womack thing. I'm just, I'm, I'm a hot take guy. I got to come out here, throw out hot takes, get the internet talking. Well, since we're talking about hot takes, Mike, how do you feel about the reports that the Las Vegas circuit is going to be about 35 degrees Fahrenheit and on a fresh tarmac? So who's Tarmac? Is he related to Womack or? (laughs) So for starters, Mike, as it is Friday, October 19th, 20th, October 20th, 2023, Thursday night football happened last night with the juggernaut Saints against the undefeatable Jacksonville Jaguars. Game was kind of boring, despite being like pretty close, just boring football, man. Opening line on the game was Saints minus one and a half. Uh, there was two muffed punts, one of which got flagged for a penalty, the other which was like legit muffed. Carr throws a pick six. Taysom Hill runs some plays. Doug Peterson calls a run from shotgun on fourth and short. We love when that happens. Jags nearly went in on a Christian Kirk touchdown. Uh, game ends on a drop touchdown pass in the red zone. Foster Moreau followed immediately by a pass breakup uh, on a pass attempt to Chris Olave both of which were in the end zone that would have tied the game. Still was kind of a boring game despite it. Yeah, these Jags are... I, we don't do awards this week, but last week I gave them the I don't care, they're, you're still mid-award, and they are, they're, they're hanging on to that, in my opinion. Like, 5-2, and two, that's cute. 330 total yards of offense on 5.9 a play. They, they got dominated in time of possession, but, I mean, that's usually... That's because Carr kept turning the ball over, man. Well, yeah. the Saints kept turning the ball over, but like yeah. Carr, Carr threw like a pick six and maybe another interception. I can't remember now, but he definitely threw a pick six and then they had a muffed punt. They just kept, you know, turning the ball over on short fields. Yeah. Like if you just showed someone time of possession and total offensive yards, you'd be like, oh, the Saints obviously won this game, but that was not the case. Uh, Trevor Lawrence tore it up 204 yards and a touchdown. I do have to point out one. How many rushing yards, though? He was running like a fucking gazelle. Uh, he, I'm pretty sure he led the team. I have it in front of me. I think it was like 59. Nice. ETN did advantage to at least get in the end zone twice, so there's that. I saw this quote. So last night, looking at my phone in the wee hours of the morning, and Pro Football Talk tweeted an article where they, the tweet, I guess the X, whatever you want to call it, uh, is Dennis Allen quoted as saying, Saints are too inconsistent right now. That's what's causing us problems. What a boilerplate dumb thing to say. Like, what a nothing a nothing burger of a comment. Big uh, Colorado, it's the player's fault in, in, in right? energy. Like, the coach comes out and goes, this fucking team over here, whosoever team they are, is just too inconsistent. <laughs> like, yeah, you could say that like, any team would come out and be like, yeah, we're just not doing 
stuff good enough times. Ah, yes. This is why you get paid the big bucks to be a head coach. Uh, I don't think th- Panthers can't say that. True. They just do Panthers nothing would have ever. to say we're not doing stuff good any of the times. True. Uh, I don't think the Saints team's good. No, no. I mean, like the offense is so mundane. Mm-hmm. Like they, their offense is whoever their OC is. So I can't remember off the top of my head. He's the inverse of Ben Johnson. Like Ben Johnson's like the sexy up and coming offensive mind. Whoever the OC on the Saints is is like, what if we just ran four yard curls, and that was the entire offense? Yeah. And I I apologize for my dig at Trevor Lawrence. Like once again, he like he was good. He wasn't bad or anything. It just wasn't a performance that would make you be like, hot damn, Trevor Lawrence. You know, you remember that episode of Seinfeld where the entire premise is that Jerry always comes out even. Mm-hmm. Like something bad happens, it always evens out on the positive. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence might be the NFL quarterback of that. Like no matter yeah. what happens, he's going to be fine. Every game. Like, yeah. oh, he throws three picks, but then in the second half he throws three touchdowns. Oh, he gets sacked for 40 yards, but then he ran for 59. Yeah. He did. He did take off a couple times. I was right. It was he. He led the the team with uh, fifty nine yards on his three attempts, and then hey, he's doing his little gazelle run. Yeah, <laughs> he just edged out Etn in his big fifty three yards on fourteen attempts. But like I said, Etn did uh, get in the end zone twice. So Etn's had a pretty disappointing season too. Yeah, he's supposed to be you know a big cheese around there. Instead, he's just a little cheese. Yeah, he's just he's just a small pimento. Tiny cheesy TN, we call him. What's mm-hmm. a Brie? That's a French cheese, right? Yeah. Ti- Travis Brie ETN. We'll workshop it. It'll workshop it. It should be Tiny Brie. Yeah, Tiny Brie. Mm-hmm. Tiny Brie ETN. He's not the Brie, big do we call it? Do we call him Travis Tiny Brie? I think we've already went over on time in this time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I just want to touch on it again. I mentioned it quickly when I was running through some of the, the highlights in the game. Doug Peterson, who, like, won a fucking Super Bowl by being the biggest swinging dick around call in offense, on fourth and short, runs a shotgun run, was, like, the idea that no one would see it coming because it was a bad play call? I don't know how to judge Doug Peterson in the, the annals of coach history. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, he's kind of got... I'm not, I mean, I haven't seen his emails, so I don't mean this in, like, a... Like a, a on a personal level, I'm not saying he's like Gruden as a person, but he's starting to feel Gruden-esque, and it's like, yeah, he got that one Super Bowl, but I don't, I don't know how good of a coach he is. Yeah, he's like, there's that tier of coach who won like coach of the year, and then turned out they were actually bad, like Matt Nagy. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the tier of coach where it's like, how the fuck did that guy get a Super Bowl ring? And the answer for Doug Peterson might just be Frank Reich and like an insanely hot Nick Foles run. Mm-hmm. Like, is it possible that's the answer? Yeah. And I guess to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> all these coaches I shit on and say they're God awful, probably do better than I ever would if I had the headset on. But it feels like sometimes the stars will just align for a certain coach that isn't really anything special. And they, everything just lines up good for them the way they need it. And then they get that ring. But I, I don't know. Did, did, I, okay, I'm not even going to go there. Once again, we are saying a coach is not good when he has a team off to a 5-2 and two start. Yeah, but it, it's, it's, a, it's faux 5-2. and two. They've won four straight. 
one of the two of those were in London, so they don't count. They should technically be three, two, zero, oh, and two. Well, they did beat the Bills in one of those. Seems like Maybe pretty legit win if you ask me. Dudes. I'm trying to see how many, just so I can. Now he won two Super Bowls. That's right. So I, I can't go on my usual hot take. Bill Parcells is overrated rant right now. <laughs> That'd be I'll, a wild one. <laughs> I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it for a different day when I have more time. I can't wait for some fucking thirty-year-old idiot in twenty years or thirty years from now to be sitting there going, "Actually, Bill Belichick was overrated." That one's just ridiculous. You were just talking about how Bill Parcells is overrated. Well, he is. He is. I mean, his his coordinators won him his, his first Super Bowl with the Giants. So, you got any more thoughts on Thursday night football? Yeah, I, have, I have no more thoughts on Thursday night football. What's uh, uh what else we talk about? I'll probably talk about it a little bit mon- Monday. I was trying to see what next week's game was. If it's anything better, it's Bills, brother. Is it? Yeah. Say it's, what? Uh, Bills Tampa Bay. I think maybe. It is Bills Buckaroonies, eight fifteen p.m. on Eastern Time on. Thursday, October 26th, in case anybody needed the full details. <laughs> I think we should start to be a little bit concerned about Al Michaels. Why? There was points in this game where I legitimately thought he was on the verge of falling asleep. I feel like he sounded like that for a while. I, I, I do think that without Collinsworth, there's just a certain energy he, he doesn't have anymore. It's like when you, you hear of like a couple that was together for like 45 years, and then one of them dies suddenly, and the other one dies like weeks later. It's like, oh my god, they were just hanging on for this person who got beheaded in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, I guess uh, metaphorically, Collinsworth got beheaded in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, <laughs> that's the metaphor you followed. Anyways, have we talked requisitely about uh, Thursday Night Football? Yeah. All right, Mike, you want to talk some uh, some football on the Sunday? No. Mm. You want to take a, a lap or something, bud? No, okay, let's go. Let's talk football. Game of the week. Game of the week, skipping around, oh. not even, not even looking at the rundown anymore. Yeah. All right, you're doing all right over there, man. You got a, got some problems you need to talk about? No, I'm good, brother. Let's do it. Uh, you showed up. Told me you didn't have notes for something we weren't talking about today. My bad. <laughs> Accused poor, sweet Kirk Herbstreit of flying to China. <laughs> Trying to skip things on the rundown. I'm not. I never know. Sometimes you go in an order outside of what the rundown dictates. I never know. Yeah. That's my right, because I write the rundown. How dare you try to skip segments on my rundown? <laughs> this Sunday, Atlanta Falcons at Tampa Bay for the crown of the NFC South. Line open at Atlanta minus one, currently sits at Tampa minus two and a half. Over under open at 44, now sits at 37 and a half. Major injury for this one is just Vita Vea, who is currently questionable. Mike, uh, you got any initial thoughts on the... Uh-huh. Fighting Baker Mayfields. By the way, Atlanta won four and one against the spread. Not good. Some would say not good. Some would say hot take, but not good. When I was looking at this game, I felt like I was looking at a college football game in the sense that I was going back. Players should be in the NFL. <laughs> I was going back and checking out the Bucks, and I was like, you know, they don't have a good win on their schedule. That's why like, the AP ranked them so low. Yeah, like the the committee would not be impressed. They beat the Vikings, the Bears, and the Saints. They lost to the two good teams they've played and the the Eagles and the Detroit Lions last week. I I don't like this Bucks team and this is another I feel like I say this a lot with the Falcons recently. I'm going into this one, I'm like, ah, "No, I think the Falcons can win this game. I think this is a very winnable game for them." Yeah, I feel like we said that last week when they uh notably did not do that. Yeah, they very I mean, much did not do that last week. 
They very much not. But you could you, you never know with the commanders. They're they're an enigma on their performance every week. They really wake up on Sunday and flip a coin on if they're going to play well or not. Yeah, pr- pretty much. But this is a battle for basically first in the NFC South. It is a battle for first in the NFC South. Both teams walk in three and two. Yeah, that can't be right. Big, We're going. To, oh, no, this one, is week six, right? This week going seven. Week six, seven. How are they both three and two? They're not. The Bucks have had a bye, so they're three and two. But the Falcons are three and three. Basically, they're both three and two. They are basically both three and two. If if three and two also meant three and three, yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, I like. I my thought just escaped my brain. I. Uh, apologize. Okay, so a couple things on this game that I'm, I'm looking at is one, Desmond Ritter and how he's going to deal with a older but still very talented linebacking duo of Devin, Devin White and Levante David. I think that could be pretty tough on him, especially in the middle. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's a prop, but if there's a prop for like linebacker interception, I'd be really tempted to take it for Tampa Bay. <laughs> a few years out, right? Like, yeah, give it like three or four more years and FanDuel will be giving us pick a defensive player to get interception props. Yeah, because I could just really see Ritter just kind of staring someone down on like a short pass over the middle and one of those guys just snagging it. What team was Detroit playing when Aiden Hutchinson got a pick? Oh, it was Panthers. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I couldn't remember if that was Tampa or not. You just couldn't wait to point it out. (laughs) Listen, he threw an interception. To a defensive end. How could I not point it out? It was an impressive play by Hutchinson. You know, he picked off one hell of a quarterback. I like how you won't even say his name. You just said he. You won't say his name either. <laughs> no one has said his name. Say his we name. We have refused to say his name. Bryce Young. I still believe. It's like Voldemort. <laughs> no. Bryce Young's like Harry Potter. No. Well, in the sense that he's a small British boy, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, I found that really funny. <laughs> like, can't you just kind of see Bryson going, my scar? <laughs> you think Frank Wright keeps him in like a, a little room under the stairs? Yeah. On the other side, I don't know how well Baker Mayfield is going to handle Jesse Bates and company. This could be a very rough game for both quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, the over-under has been plummeting, like I said. Open at 44, currently sitting at 37.5. No major injuries announced. It just literally got bet all the way down to over-under of 37.5. I, I kind of like that over now. It's, so, it's pretty low. You just went, going to be a rough day for both of these quarterbacks, followed by, I like the over. Bijan's out there. I think he's going to have a really strong day. Rashad White could flip a coin and decide he's going to be a good football player this week. Yeah, any other uh, any other Tampa Bay notes there, real quick, Mike? Oh no, I was just pointing some stuff out. But yeah, if you want to move on, it's fine. Yeah, so like I I always do here. Um, we already know what Atlanta's doing well. The run defense still number one ranked in the NFL. We know what the uh, Atlanta's doing poorly, which is every time Desmond Ritter drops back, except for that one week. The Bucks though, currently have the third ranked. Rush defense by EPA per play with Atlanta being number one. And uh, worth noting, you kind of brought this up in passing. The Bucks have played an outrageously easy schedule. They've had, according to um, NF, 
NFELO, which is just like a analytics NFL website that's free. So that's why I go to it for stats. 21st hardest strength of schedule so far for the Bucks, And remaining, they have the 28th hardest. So one of the easiest calendars for any team in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can't really take their record very seriously. Um, really, really big day for... Going to be a really big day for run defense. On top of that, the Bucks have done horribly running the ball. They're 28th ranked EPA per play running the ball. And Rashad White, who is their lead running back, is averaging 3.3 yards an attempt. 3.3. 3.3. If, he, if you just ran the ball first, second, and third down and got to his average, you still wouldn't have a first down. Yeah, there's a lot of people, a lot of fantasy owners right now who are screaming as you're talking because they're very well, very well, very aware of this fact. Because going into the season, it was like, oh, Baker Mayfield is like not a great quarterback. So Rashad now is the lead back. He's going to have a big year. He's going to put up the numbers, and it has not been the case whatsoever. Yeah, he had one downside game, for uh, Rashad. What's up? I think, yeah, I think he had like one notable game. That was it. I'll be, I'll be honest, I don't follow the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fantasy stats close enough to know what Rashad White breakout game happened this season. Wow. But if I had to guess, I'd guess it was against the Vikings. Looking through some of the other run stats, their only linebacker, or lineman, linebacker, their only lineman with a rushing grade over 70 per PFF is just Tristan Wirfs. So they have four linemen with below average rushing grades. I think it's going to be a big Bijan and uh, Tyler Algiers day. Yeah, I have, when we get to our same game parlays, I have Bijan in there. I know not a lot of running backs have had a ton of success against Tampa Bay, but I go back to um, two or three weeks ago now when they played the Eagles and DeAndre Swift cut them up for 130 on 16 carries. And I feel like Bijan's probably the most athletic running back they've run into since him. And he's arguably more athletic than DeAndre Swift. So I think he's going to have a very good day. Hey, can I ask you this? Has four verts ever actually worked? No, I don't think so. I think it's the dumbest play like in Madden. I try to call it all the time in Madden. Always covered. Every time. Yeah, it never works. You got to at I'm least like, have one guy doing I'll, something different. It'll be like second and third. And I'll be like, or second and three. And I'll be like, I'm going to call four verts. They won't see it coming. Somehow they're in quarters. Yeah. It never works. Yeah. It never works. At least, at least have some like deep posts in there or something. Oh, yeah, you get, like, the tight end or the running back always runs, like, uh, over the middle post. Mm-hmm. And that ends being the guy I throw to every time. Yeah. Because there's fucking four defensive backs 95 yards down the field covering all my receivers. Right. Uh, it, it was the Chicago game, by the way. Rashad White had, what, Got 17 Chicago. Per, yeah. yeah, 17 for 73. Lit up the scoreboard. That is uh, not a huge game. Eh. 17 for 73. How much? I mean, you said he was averaging, what, 3.3 a carry on the year? He had 4.3 a carry that game. Ooh, wow. <laughs> that's like... Call that, call that the outlier. That's like Tajay Spears numbers. Hey. What? Are you a big Tajay Spears defender? How dare you? How dare you try to shit talk a, mem- a former member of the Green Wave? Mizzou? Tulane. Uh, it's your boy, right? Michael Pratt. There you go. As much as I read about college football these days, you think I would know more about college football? 
fuck, we really got to pick on topic. This one, this has been a weird one so far. Um, yeah. Well, I guess I'll, uh, now that we've talked sufficiently about Tajay Spears during our Falcon segment, mm-hmm. um, you want to just hear my, my same game parlay? I cooked up. I do. So like I said, I think it's going to be a big Bijan and Tyler Algiers game. I think that we are going to see the reemergence of the Falcons' dominant rush defense after they had a little bit of a down week last week. And because of that, I think the Falcons are going to take a lead. And I think that Baker and the fighting Buccaneers are going to have to throw their way back into the game. So I took Bijan over 54 and a half rushing yards, Algiers over 37 and a half rushing yards, Rashad White under 47 and a half, Mike Evans over four and a half receptions, and the Atlanta Falcons money line for a total payout of plus 1,560. How many legs was that? Five? Did you go five again? Yeah, five. Damn, I, I keep only doing four. Making me look like a bitch every week. What makes you feel better? I've never bet any of these. Oh, see, I actually do because I'm a man of, of principle. So I got How a lot many of you won? So I got a lot of plus money legs in my parlay here. I cooked up a spicy one this week, all right? I started out with, well, right off the bat, I'll say I agree with you that I think the Falcons can win this game. They're plus money. If you just go money lines, I took that at plus 120. Then, as I said previously, I think we're going to get a big Bijan day, but part of me feels like we say that a lot. Uh, over rushing yards, which is 54 and a half, that's minus 114. My only minus leg in this. I took him anytime tutty at plus 140. And then Drake London, over four and a half receptions at plus 134. Total odds, plus 1,206. Dropped that 30% fan boost token on it to get plus 1,569. You know, Drake London has 26 receptions in total on this season. 15 wait, of them. Wait, wait, You said 1,569? Yeah. Mine's 1,560. You narrowly beat me in how I long do- your odds are. I had to use uh, and I had to use a, a boost token to get there though. Yo, know, Drake London has twenty six receptions on the season. Fifteen of them have happened in the last two weeks. Yeah, it feels like it. Yeah, no, it doesn't feel like it. It is. I looked it up. <laughs> I didn't just. I didn't guess those numbers. That's what it is. <laughs> and uh, so I think Ritter is gonna gonna con- continue to do that as well. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a big Bijan day. I just I have no faith in Ritter as a passer. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying London's going to have, like, a lot of yards, but I could definitely see him getting, like, five catches for... 11 know, yards? Like, five catches for 40 yards because Ritter throws him the ball when he has, like, a dude blanketed over him or going over the middle and he's about to get lit up. God, he had that crazy catch with Kendall Fuller where they both just grabbed the ball at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I don't know how we're seven weeks into the season and we're still not betting Janu Smith overs. No, like, I think that guy's been ridiculous. That's true. I thought about going to little Janu Smith or Pitts in my parlay, but like I said, I don't know. All right, Devin White, Levante David, clogging up the middle there. Ritter maybe can't just dump it off short over the middle to Janu as much. Who do you think has a higher receiving over under? Janu Smith or Kyle Pitts? Pitts. Okay. If I told you that Janu Smith's over-under is 31 and a half. What do you think Kyle Pitts over-under is? 38 and a half. 35 and a half. Close enough. You know what? You get credit. You get credit. credit. Yeah. I would have been way off on that one. 
The highest receiving over-under on the day is Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who are both tied at 59 and a half. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And you can get to New Smith 80 plus yards at plus 850. That's an instant bet, brother. You just got to break a long one. He can get that. I don't think that he's had plus. I don't think he's had more than 80 yards in a game ever. Murphy's Law, brother. Man. That'd be my guess. It could happen this week. You didn't. You didn't give out your prediction for this game, right? Because I I had the Falcons money line in my parlay, but oh, okay. Did you? Okay, yeah. never mind then. Never mind. So we had two legs that overlapped. Then we we both had Bijan's over and the Falcons money line over. Yeah, I mean it's two blah offenses. Okay, All right, fine. Go. I'll take it back. Two bad offenses <laughs> with I think I'd say two good defenses. I don't think Tampa Bay's defense is really that good. Yeah, I don't think Tampa Bay's defense is very good. So I think that's what tips the scales. It's like, yeah, Tampa Bay's meh defense against the Falcons' good defense. But who wins the special teams battle? Coup, baby. Always do. All right, Mike, did you have any more thoughts on this, or did you just ready to talk about some some other Week 7 action? Some real football games? Yeah, I'd like that. Real football? All right. We're going to take a short break. I'm going to grab a water. Talk about Week 7. All right, we're back. Time to talk. Week 7 action. Mm -hmm. First up. Um, so pull, pull back the curtain for a second. Every week we use a document for our rundown, which is where we go through list of topics we're going to talk about, usually throw a few extra notes in there. So we know kind of the direction we're going to go with talking about things so that we can have notes. If there's some overlaps we want to talk about, or if there's a subject where we want to have different things, we're able to look at what the other person is saying and prepare notes in a different spot. So we can fill some time talking about it this week. For our weekly Game of the Week segment, I uh, picked my Game of the Week as Detroit at Baltimore, and then put a note that said, few solid options, so let me know if you have a different one than me. To which Mike did not respond or say anything. So if you were in the Google Doc at roughly 5 a.m. this morning, I was in there and I started to write my Game of the Week, and then I noticed that it was one of the three you listed. Not your specific Game of the Week, but one of your other options. So you said, let me know if you have a different one than me. Therefore, I took that as I do not have a different one for, than you. Therefore, my note would not be necessary. Efficiency, Adam. If you should be one thing, you should be efficient. <laughs> well, we did start the podcast 20 minutes late, so I don't know how efficient we usually okay, are. Well, I, can't, I can't be 100% efficient 100% of the time. I'm not God. I'm just asking for 10 to 20% of the time, Mike. I can't give that to you, bud. <laughs> All right, so as previously mentioned here, uh, before my co-host completely derailed the podcast. I derailed the, the podcast. The, the game of the it. week. This you know week. what? This podcast, it's going to go viral because it's going to be two guys arguing, <laughs> saying visceral things to each other. My game of the week is the Detroit Lions at the Baltimore Ravens. Wrong. <laughs> the line sits. Ravens minus three, over under of 43 on the dot, which means Mike won't bet it. The injuries, uh, just David Montgomery. Looks like Jameer Gibbs is on track to play. Everyone else is going to play. I don't know. So, Mike, what I'm watching for in this game. This is a big styles make fights kind of game. You know the old adage, styles make fights. You want, you know, two boxers who have styles that make fights. Yeah. Okay, just making sure you understood. <laughs> uh, Detroit currently has sixth ranked EPA per drop back, and they're going against Baltimore, who has the eighth ranked rush epa so i think we're going to see two completely different offensive scripts from these two teams which is a lot of fun you know it'll be hard for baltimore to stay in it and that's always kind of the concern 
if uh, Detroit starts to cook, they're going to be cooking passing the ball. And Baltimore's going to be trying to do the same running the ball. And that's always kind of, you know, the, the concern with games like this where you get one team that wants to score a lot and one team that wants both teams to only score a little bit. This is also, I think, Detroit's first real gut check since week one. They haven't exactly played a murder's row of teams. Um, they're currently sitting at 5-1 and one after having beat the Chiefs in week one, losing to the Seahawks in week two, crushing the Falcons in week three, beating the Packers in week four, crushing the Panthers in week five, and crushing the Panthers or crushing the, the Bucks in week six. So really it's like their hardest game was the Chiefs and then maybe the second best team they played was the Seahawks. So Baltimore, Baltimore's big gut check for them, I think, this week. And we're also kind of watching to see if Baltimore's receivers can stop fucking dropping passes all the time. This is not the strongest secondary in the world. Brian Branch is far and away the best player back there, but they don't have any real studs. It's like Brian Branch, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and then, you know, try to name another defensive back on Detroit. I got nothing. Yeah. I don't think I could. Like, you already named my, my first two. <laughs> Which is Brian Branch, who I love, and then uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson. I don't call him by his full name because you don't I, call him by his government name. I don't. I don't know him like that. So, can I interest you in a little, uh, little Tracy Walker the third? Ooh, no. How about some Cameron Sutton? Cortland. He doesn't play for them. How about some Jerry Jacobs? <laughs> Jerry Jones. Steven. Gilmore. Steven. Steven Gilmore. <laughs> oh, wait. So this is like sometimes in Madden, if you don't like import like a draft class that someone with like a lot of time on their hands made that specifically matches like the actual upcoming draft class, you get these like computer automated ones and they'll have a lot of like names that are very similar to former players. That's basically what this is. They have a bunch of, like, NPCs in their secondary. Tracy Walker III. Yeah, they really do. It's a team of NPCs. Yeah. It's, a, it's a secondary full of NPCs. So interesting. Yeah, not, not the strongest secondary in the world. Yeah, that was an interesting point you made about Detroit's schedule, because they could end up, especially if they win this game, they could end up with a stupid good record, because they only really play, like, they play the Chargers in a couple weeks, and then their only other, like, quality opponent is... Dallas in week 17. God, yeah. And at that point, one or both of those teams might be resting starters. Yeah, because then their like, schedule is obviously filled with two Vikings games, two Bears games. And then outside of that, they have like the Packers one more time, the Saints, and the Broncos. Oh, man. Broncos, Broncos, Lions. Who doesn't have that circled on their calendar? There could be a shitload of money to be made on Detroit's first playoff game. Because people could inflate them based off record, and it could turn out that they aren't as good as we think. I mean, I'm not like saying the that. Vikings last year. Yeah, because I love Detroit. I lo really love this Detroit team, but we may not have a clear picture of just how good they really are. They're probably winning the Super Bowl because they do have Sam Laporta, who I wrote about on this week's Team Talent Alone. I love <laughs> that. Hey. Last week you made the joke about 
what's up with white dude with podcasts loving safeties and then your talent alone theme or your team talent alone theme this week was literally hey white guys with podcasts you'll love this one it's tight end blocking and safeties yeah i have to i have to retire from sports punditry after that one that's a good yeah. point i really did a film review where all the clips were just sam laporta blocking people mm-hmm. and then deep dived into safeties yeah fuck man I've become like a caricature of myself. What have you become? Now that you've betrayed <laughs> everyone you've ever loved. Take it away, Adam. Back to you. Speaking of white talk guys that are too far up their own ass, eh? Talk to me about Rashad Bateman. Let me know I would rather <laughs> not. Um, yeah, so can, can Baltimore receivers stop dropping their passes? No. Mark Andrews has the third most drop passes on the season and the second most drop touchdowns behind only... Nelson Aguilar. I don't know. Zay Jones. Zay Jones. Yeah. For, former Bill. <laughs> Whose who's career highlight was that viral clip of him getting up on the sidelines where he like didn't use his hands. It was like all ankle. Oh, like, yeah. Like, it, it looked like someone played like him going down in reverse. <laughs> Who? What wide receiver has the best went viral for not playing football moment? Because there's that, there's the unlike Aguilar, which is great yeah. because Nelson Aguilar is not even in the clip. And then there's uh, Robbie Anderson. Not Robbie Anderson. It was... It, Chosen it, Anderson. It was whoever got... It might have been Robbie Anderson. Someone got traded to Baltimore and they were there. <laughs> and, um, like at the practice facility one day and they looked up in the stands and the mascot was up there for the Panthers and they were like, who the fuck is that? Have you seen this clip? I got to pull this up. I haven't seen this club. It's really cracking me up, though. I love Sir Purr. I'm going to get a cat and name him that. I'm going to knight him. Sir Purr. Ah, oh, yeah. It is. It was Robbie Anderson. Look at me. Chosen Anderson. <laughs> Chosen. Have some respect. You got a little wrong. Here, this time I'm going to post this in the podcast recording chat that we are already talking in. You call CJ Gardner Johnson like Carl Jones Johnson or whatever, but you won't call him Chosen. John C. Gardner Johnson. At the time he did this, he was still Robbie Anderson. What's that man doing? Like a bear. Panther. That's Sir Purr, bro. Who? Sir Purr. How you say that? Sir Purr. Sir Purr. Oh, Sir Purr. Wow. You call him that? Yeah, that's his name. So you be like, what's up, Sir Purr? The best part is he's a little like, <laughs> like his response to the dude is like, yeah, Sir Purr. He goes, you call him that? And then at the I end, at, he goes, he's like, yeah, it's his name. At the end, uh, Chosen Anderson just like shakes, it, looks away and shakes his head. He's in disgust. Yeah, like, like Curtis Samuel's the weird one after this conversation. Like Curtis Samuel invited his buddy, who's a bear named Sir Purr, to this practice. That's amazing. I've never seen that clip. That was that was a very good one. So but which no. one? Who, who, yeah, it's, it's got to be Aguilar, right? Aguilar is the best forever, receiver who's known for something off a of football field. We just started catching him on like Aguilar. Uh, yeah, that's definitely the best one. Is that clip like you can't even talk about Nelson Aguilar without doing the voice? No, that that is him now. He, he was never throwing babies that. out the window. He was just catching them, unlike Aguilar. <laughs> Speaking of not catching things, though, um, the Ravens have the second most dropped touchdowns behind only Jacksonville. I mean, that was uh, that was my last point on the game, but mm-hmm. we just got distracted in the middle talking about Sir Purr yeah. for like a really long time. Yeah, I think the one big thing I'll say about this game. And you kind of touched on it. Detroit is just actually has an explosive aspect to their offense that Baltimore does not. They won't be able to keep up. 
yeah, like it, this, it's got to be the Zay Flowers breakout game, right? Mm-hmm. There, otherwise, there's no way they can keep up. I mean, as great as Lamar can be, and as potent of a weapon as he is running, and as great as Mark Andrews is when he isn't volleyball setting passes into the third row. If you don't get one of your downfield guys performing in this game, if you don't have Odell able to catch things underneath, Zay Flowers able to catch things deep, Rashad Bateman sitting on the bench, if one of those things isn't happening, there's just no way they can keep up with Detroit. I mean, Detroit's going to hang 30 on them. They just do that. That's just what they do. Benjamin Johnson, man. So far this season, Detroit has scored... 42, 34, and 37. So half their games, they've scored over 30 points. Benjamin Johnson? You get on me for calling him Chauncey Gardner Johnson? You're going to call him by his full fucking government name? Benjamin Johnson, yes. As per usual with our game of the week, I am going to have... Yeah, good point. As, As per usual with my game of the week, I'm going to do a score prediction and an oddly specific prediction. So I do think that Kyle Hamilton, stoked by the fires of me talking about his stats in depth on Team Talent alone, is going to really show up for this one. Hold Detroit to 25 points. Baltimore wins 27-25, which means Detroit covers the spread. Good job, Detroit. My oddly specific prediction, Mike, Mm -hmm. Jamison Williams will score a rushing touchdown. A rushing touchdown? A little end-around ski? rushing touchdown. A little end-around ski. A little jet sweep ski. A little jet sweep ski. A little like outside it. wide receiver pitch ski. Ooh, a little shuttle pass ski? Well, that'd be a passing touchdown. That'd be a pass. Right? That'd be a pass, you fucking idiot. I'm fucking idiot. Are you ready for my game of the week? Hmm. Take it or leave it. You know? Because yours, yours was wrong. What's your game of the week, Mike? So I do hate doing this because I hate to admit that the NFL scheduling committee or whatever was right. But it's Sunday night, primetime, Eagles-Dolphins. Potential Super Bowl preview. Whoa. I said it. I mean, it's a possibility. There's only two good teams in the NFC, so. Well, three. Detroit? Yeah. Yeah. It's San Fran, Detroit, and Philly, and two of them are coming off embarrassing losses. Just totally embarrassing. They may not even show up this week because they're so embarrassed by how they lost last week. Dolphins, healthy, on fire. Eagles, healthy now. Right now on their injury report, uh, it looks like so far only Bradley Roby and Reed Blankenship, the safety, not Rodrigo Blankenship, the kicker. Yes, I, I was about to say the safety and the cornerback, respectively. Yes. Mike, they you doubt that I know who safeties are? I wrote 2,011 words about safeties this week. I know who Reed sure. Blankenship is. You are the safety guy. I apologize. The secondary, those two guys might, that will probably hurt when you're dealing with Ty- Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell. Chase Claypool. I mean, <laughs> this is a big problem. This could be the Chase Claypool game he's been waiting for his whole life. But no, I think this is, I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, I had a point and I lost it because I'm just all over the fucking place today. There's an off, there's an outside chance, right? That mm-hmm. in week two, Mike Gusecki killed Durham Smythe and just started wearing his jersey and no one noticed, right? There's, there's a chance. Uh, oh, they have their injury report on this website, too. I never noticed that. I'm such an idiot. Think about it. Have you ever seen Mike Gusecki catch a pass for the Patriots? No, I don't think so. I have not. Yeah. I don't think he's there. That was, like, my worst, like, panic pick in our Dynasty draft, like, in the bajillionth round. I was like, ah, blah, Mike Gusecki. 
Which makes no sense to be a panic pick because we had like 12 hours on the clock for a pick. That was in Dynasty? You picked <laughs> yeah. Mike fucking Gusecki? Like, I, don't I got Sammy L. Legitta. I'm so angry at you for doing that. I am in like three leagues. Well, two never, leagues. leagues. But this is also the basically the biggest test the Dolphins have had since the Bills, which is only, we're only two weeks removed from that. So it's not like it was way back in the days of yore. But basically the third good team they're going to play the season. It's in Philadelphia, so they'll have to dodge like batteries and rocks or whatever the Eagles fans will probably be throwing at them. City of brotherly love. Yeah, and then I'm going to go ahead and throw down I think the Eagles win. I think, Whoa. I, yeah, I do. I think the Eagles win. I don't like... I'm going to say I don't like Miami's defense. I just don't think they're that good. Even if Jalen Ramsey is, getting, is on the road to returning. My oddly specific prediction is Tua, meet Jalen Carter. He's going to be on you all night long. I'm thinking, I'm going to say it. A little strip sacksky by Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter with a strip sack. What about Javon Hargrave? You think he gets in there at all? No. Jalen Carter with the strip sack to win the game. Hargrave played it for the team last year, but as we all know, he now plays for the 49ers. Who's they're, no, they're not. They're not on the bye this week. I haven't written down here. Yeah, do you have the teams on bye this week? I meant to write that down. I forgot. I it's no one interesting, right? I just I have all the games written out like I did last week with the little Jesus. little headline. So I, I also have notes on this game because you can't not talk about it. Right. Um, over under 51 and a half seems crazy high. Not to cut you off, but especially considering the Eagles offense has looked off for like stretches or even full games this season. Yeah. Yeah. And the line Eagles minus two and a half. How the fuck is Miami not favored in this game? How are we still giving the Eagles the benefit of the doubt seven weeks in? They haven't looked good. That, that defense still looks good with the exception of the, I mean, exception of like the Washington game, but that's NFC East, which as I have written for one game this week, NFC East games are fucking weird. Gee, I wonder what game that'll be. Yeah. Um, NFC, like NFC East games are always weird, but still it's like the defenses look good, but the offenses looked anemic. Like they just haven't mm-hmm. been able to get anything going. They're only like, reliable play has been the QB cheek or as you like to call it the cheek squeak or chuck it up AJ's down there somewhere which has worked recently a lot better it's worse since AJ started bitching about it but like 51 and a half seems high and then the Eagles being favored just is so fucking weird to me Mm -hmm. I'm also I do want to know what random Dolphins running back is going to go off this week Devon Achan notably injured Raheem Mostert Salvin Ahmed and Jeff Wilson Jr. are all going to be on the active game day roster, it looks like. Oh, wow. So it'll be fun. Which one of those guys is going to get 130 yards and two touchdowns, Mike? No way to know. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a fun little, fun little question for you here, okay? All right. What, which one of those men have the most rushing yards right now? Career or on the season? On the season. Uh, Raheem Mostert. Devon Chain has 460. Well, A-Chan's injured. I thought we were just talking about Mostert, oh, Ahmed, no, and Jeff no. Wilson Jr. I, well, no, I think no, D- Devon's going this week. He's on IR. Oh, that's right. He's on IR. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, I'm dumb. I, I, I dodged you making me look like a fuel, and then I made myself look like a fuel. <laughs> you know what's hilarious, though? I don't know so, how you dodged. Oh, yeah, because of the Javon Hargrave. I remember yeah. that. So what's hilarious is it's not that far, like, big difference. 
Achan is 460. Mostert is 430. Their Achan has almost half the attempts. He's averaging 12.1 yards yeah. per attempt to Mostert, who's still doing good, 5.7. I think anybody would take that any day of the week. I don't think Achan had double-digit carries until week three. Mm-mm. So almost all of his yards came in weeks three, four, five, and six. And like in six, he got injured. Yeah. Still worth noting, Miami has the best EPA per play, not particularly close to number two. Like seriously, like when Miami's on TV, you just kind of got to watch. Mm-hmm. The Vape Lord himself is really just stringing together insanely fun games. I ever tell you my dad does a bit with my stepmom where he talks about how attractive Mike McDaniel is? And you mean he, he's just gaslighting her? He's yeah, because she's like, he's not attractive. Why do you keep saying that? He goes, pretty good looking. No. I mean, if we weren't married, I wouldn't not pick up the phone. <laughs> Speak, can, I, can I throw in a real, I have a real question, speaking of your, your, your dad? Okay, yeah. Are him and are him and his wife going to be okay this weekend? Like, are they going to be able to coexist with their teams playing each other? I got to tell you, so they're going to that game. Are they really? That's cool. Yeah, they they got married at Lambeau before a Broncos Packers game. I remember you telling me that's that's so dope. That's a cool thing to do. <laughs> and so now every four years when they play again, they always go to the game. So they're going to be at that game, and I I. I am so thankful that I have to not go there and watch football because that would be such a brutal game. <laughs> yeah. I feel like not to go off on your, your like a deep dive into your father on this podcast, Adam's dad, the new weekly segment. But Can't I wait like for that a, to be the team talent alone segment. Yeah. Despite him being very like overly optimistic when the season starts, I feel like he can sometimes be pretty practical as the year goes on. So I, I don't know how much he's expecting from this game. Yeah, I guess it's, well, the line on the game is only one and a half points, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. It's worth noting that it's, like, by comparison, right? He's He can be very practical to some people, but to me, it's like it's like week one, and I'm like, well, I know the commanders aren't winning anything this year. Not to go totally off the rails, but that's the mood I'm kind of so in Off today. the rail, we, we, we're just, we went from talking about Dolphins-Eagles yeah. to somehow talking about Broncos-Packers Which on my paper. dad's marriage. Which on paper is such a boring game, but you know it will be fun to see how Patrick Sertan can bully Jordan Love. Well, if you read Team Talent alone the last few weeks, I've repeatedly talked about it. You can just throw away from the strong points in the offense. Yeah, but Jordan Love is not as experienced, so he may just keep keep going after him. What we don't know, Jordan Love could be like super cocky, and he's going to go after the team's top corner every week. You think? You think like say like Sertan gets like multiple picks this week. Mm-hmm. Is he traded by Tuesday? Hopefully to the Bills. I will you give guess, them our next three first-round picks. Like you can have however many first-round picks you want. Just we need a corner, dear God. But I'll, yeah, I'll like, talk. Like if they could send them. you, if they could send you like Javante and Patrick Sertan, mm-hmm. and in return you just send them the Rudy Gobert package. Yeah. Including Rudy go. Gobert. We're going to borrow him from the Timberwolves, put him in the deal. I have no complaints. I'm just saying, you need to block a field goal. I'm putting Gobert out there. Why, is, why don't more people do that? Like, why is the great colleague just sit at home? Just fucking put him on special teams. You know, could you imagine if some special teams genius, like, cracked the code to, like, like over 50% block rate on extra points and field goals? It would change the game. It would be like when Gronk started taking over and it changed how people use tight ends. 
and people would just have to run two-point conversion. That would be how we get to the Steph Curry revolution. Mm-hmm. It's a straight line from the great Kali playing football to the Steph Curry resolution revolution in the NFL. There's really no reason to kick extra points. <laughs> I was really thinking that I could break this segment out and post it on social. It, it takes four minutes of this fucking podcast, at least, to get the understanding for what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't just take the clip of you saying that you would take Rudy Gobert to block field goals and just go from the... Like, there's... What the fuck are we even talking about this point? I think it's very self-explanatory. <laughs> I think that'll... I think my whole spiel on blocking field goals would be good content. Put it on Truth Social. That's where my Uber driver hangs out, I think. I think so. Uh, sorry, I, I have taken... I'm, I'm swerving us all over the road. Is there another game you want to highlight here, sir? Yeah, my, my other game I, I wanted to highlight uh, is Chiefs Chargers. Mm-hmm. Kansas City, minus 5.5, over under 47.5. Let me start off by defending why this was not my personal pick for game of the week. Mm. The Chiefs are kind of boring. You're not wrong. They've only gotten over three touchdowns in a game twice this season. And like, maybe later in the year, it'll be really fun to watch them when they get their shit together or trade for a wide receiver or something. But for right now, the Chiefs are just kind of boring to watch. This, on paper, like this will be the Romo game. Yeah. This is huge, Jim. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes drops back, leads the defenders with his eyes, wants to go deep to Sky more, but uh, he just can't fucking catch. <laughs> and on paper, people are like, oh, this game, like, what's the over? Is the over under been inflated or are people actually smart? Like, it's 48, so people haven't gotten carried away. Well, last time I looked at it, which was this morning, it was 47 and a half. So people are betting it up. Oh, I mean, it could be 47 and a half. Still, I'm on PFF, but they're usually pretty good about updating their their stuff as it as it changes. Right now, PFF, though, is putting the value on the under there. You think these are two, like, amazing offenses? They both only broke 30 points once this season. Once. Yeah, and we were getting on... (laughs) We were getting on Detroit for only doing it three times a minute ago, weren't we? Yeah. Like, I don't know as much as I like to shit-talk the Jags offense. How much better are, like, the Chiefs or the Chargers than the Jags offense? Not that much better. Maybe not better, like the same level. I think the Chargers offense is, is legitimately the best of the three. If Mike Williams was still a go, I'd, I'd say for sure best of the three. That big Quentin Johnston guy? Yeah. Joshua Palmer does nothing for you? Turn out good. Uh, Joshua Palmer Donald was... Parham? All right. You, can, you could have stopped at Palmer. I do like Palmer, but you kind of lost me at Parham, who has, should, sounds like he should be playing like golf or something. He's like 6'7". Yeah, like this whole game is going to be who can feed their primary target more Herbert to Keenan Allen or Mahomes to Kelsey, whoever can pull that one off more, which will probably be Mahomes to Kelsey because let's take, let's all be honest here. You know, Chargers defense sucks. Yeah. That's my, that's one of my other notes is that what I'm excited to watch for in this game is the Chargers defense is just like a boost pack. Like you remember in, like when a new Call of Duty game would come out and you could go buy like those Mountain Dew cans that would have codes under the tab that you could put in and you get like a two hour XP bonus. We're on a podcast, Mike, verbal cues. Yeah, I do. 
that's just like the Chargers offense whenever any or Chargers defense whenever any offense goes up against them. It's just like a two hour boost pack to all of your stats. Mm-hmm. So maybe this will be the week where it just looks like the Chiefs really broke through something because McCole Hardman will have like 113 yards and two touchdowns. Because somehow Derwin James and Asante Samuels are actually bad. And I also think that this is where we're in the potential for a get right game for Andy Reid. Yeah. Like you can really scheme stuff up because Brandon Staley is a broken man. That's true. This could be one of those games where on paper everybody's like, oh, it's gonna be a great back and forth close game. And then Reed finally unlocks some certain parts of his offense and they just blow out the Chargers. Just keep in mind, this Chiefs defense is really good. Continually doesn't get talked about enough how good this defense is. The Steve Spagnola led defense. You know who I'm putting the pressure on right now for the Chargers? You know who's calling out? I know he just came back from injury, but Austin Eckler was such a non-factor last week in that Dallas game. He's got to step up. Austin the Zoom Eckler. Yeah, you're going to go on Zoom and start talking about running back rights or whatever. You got to show up in big games. Uh, Again, there are arguments against that. My instinct is to argue against you, but... Naturally, the contrarian. (laughs) But Eckler... uh... Eckler probably needs to perform a little better, especially because their backups are just crap. It's like Joshua Kelly. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing Latavius Murray. I couldn't tell you who the you third string is. You think he just travels around and is the third yeah. string quarterback on, or running back on all teams? Like, if, if, it was, if he wasn't on the Bills, right? And on a one o'clock slate game, you saw him play for like, Indianapolis mm-hmm. and then on a Monday night game you saw him play for Houston would you even notice that you saw him twice in the same weekend it wouldn't even like pop in your brain like no it wouldn't because <laughs> no, you're just like yeah Latavius Murray makes sense yeah okay man Latavius Murray catching strays for no reason no there's always some poor player that gets in our our scope every weekend like who were we talking shit about was it um uh, Leighton Vanderash that one week. <laughs> yeah, and then we just beat the shit out of Matt Ryan, but he's an easy target. Just look at him. What a dork. Matt Ryan just looks so standard. He's like <laughs> he a does. standard out of the box adult. <laughs> like, like his parents just hit default, <laughs> and that's what their child came out of. It's like when you do like create a character and you can hit the random button, so you don't have to do any of the work. They didn't even hit the fucking random button, man. Uh, they just the like the base one that loaded in on the create a character screen. They just hit continue. Like they were lazy and didn't want to change anything. It's like in in Mass Effect when they used to have like the Commander Shepard who was like the standard one, and they put him on the cover art. But then you could go in and like change it to be whatever the fuck you wanted. Mm-hmm. They just went with cover version Commander Shepard for their kid. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't, mean this th- week. <laughs> we are. It's fun to be mean. I don't know if you had any more points, and I kind of cut you off on that game i don't think so i can't wait to see if brandon staley does something dumb every week i get excited to see if brandon staley's gonna like kick a field goal from the one yard line or something you never know he likes to zig when every other everybody's like he's the analytics guy you know he gets yeah. it and then on fourth and goal from the two yard line he brings out the kicker coward like if we could somehow get brandon staley Frank Reich, Dennis Allen on a coaching staff with the head coach being like Dan Campbell. Team would be fucking unstoppable. But only one of those people should probably be a head coach in the NFL. Facts. 
So can we take a moment to look at our teams just for a, just for a split second? Sure. Sure. So I I had this game pointed out just because due to over a decade of actually two decades of just pure torture, torment, you know, causing me severe, severe mental issues of dealing with Brady and Belichick. Now, every time the Bills play the Patriots, I get excited to let out a little frustrations. My, my note for this one was just crush, kill, destroy. Like, I don't care how much we're winning by. You keep putting it on them. You break them. If this can be the game where we embarrass Belichick to make him retire, it would be a dream come true for me to have that on our resume. <laughs> it um, is the highest spread of the week, worth noting. Eight and a half. That's not... um a little worried about that. So as we all know, Daquan Jones, Damian Harris, Matt Mulata, Trey White, all on IR, Quentin Morris, Quentin Morris and Ed Oliver, both out like defense is so injured, but then it's, it's kind of like last week where it's like, it's also Mac Jones. <laughs> what are you worried about? Yeah. What are you really worried about? Like it's Tyrod Taylor and no offense, Tyrod. Love you, man. But it's not shit. that guy almost about. beat you. True, but I totally see that. I'm worried this could be like the J.C. Jackson game. Like he's going to have some random like return to his previous form game. I really hope the Bills get this one back on track because this would be very upsetting if we went into New England. And it wouldn't even be a. I'm not even talking about losing. If it turns out like last week and it's a one score game, I don't think I'll be able to like handle it. Yeah, I think if this ends up as a one score game, we might need to take the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl chances behind the shed. Oh, and do what to it? Put a bullet in the back of its head? Oh, no. <laughs> Old yeller it. What did you think I was saying? I don't know. You think the... that I take things behind the shed to have sex with them? Yeah. <laughs> did you think I was going to have sex with the Bill Super Bowl odds? I mean, I'm not telling you what I'm doing behind the shed, but... <laughs> you know what's You're wild? sex behind my dog murder shed? <laughs> Why do you have specifically have a dog murder shed? Who has that? You know what's wild? The Bills, after this, next three games are all prime time. You know what is more wild? Sandwiched in between the two of these, it makes sense. It's Bengals. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, the other two more are... Hamlin revenge game. Yeah. The other two are Tampa Bay and, and Denver. I don't know at what point in the year they thought, we should put Tampa Bay in prime time. Yeah. We should, it's not like they didn't know Brady wasn't coming back. It was established very early after the season ended. They were like, Bacon Mayfield against Josh Allen? I mean, these... This is a quarterback battle. Broke Russell Wilson against Josh Allen? Why could we only flex weeks like 17 and 18? Let us flex every week. We don't need Tampa Bay, Buffalo in primetime. No. That's a a, a, a one o'clock game if there ever was one. The last thing I'll say about my team, and then I have a couple things I want to ask you about your team's game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Over the next five, we play not good teams except for the Bengals. But after that, we have this murderous stretch of Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, a week off then against the Patriots, and then finish the week against Miami. This is a rough schedule that we're looking at. Yeah, that's what you get for being a uh, top two seed the last few years. Yeah. You got to play all the yeah. other good teams. Karma. Now, over to your team, who's currently three-point favorites on the road. Two and a half on FanDuel. Okay. I don't know how you can't over, over under at 37 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> BFF Which is like uh, tied for the lowest of the week, by the way. Yeah. Uh, 
it looks like is what's the the DJ situation? He's questionable still. I need him to be out, or I don't have a quarterback to start in my fantasy team. <laughs> Paid poor attention watching the buys. I know, like this is two bad teams, but I always get excited whenever it's an NFC East matchup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like the the history of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like all these teams have been around forever. They all just like. I mean, you know, enemy number one is always going to be the Cowboys. Everyone in the NFC East wants to watch the Cowboys lose. Yeah. But all these teams have just like a shitload of history. How confident do you feel in your boys this week? God, it's just, it's such a crapshoot, man. Yeah. I mean, like they show up and just kick ass in Philly, right? Well, they, 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 they later on start kicking ass in Philly. Then last week they dismantle Atlanta. But then it's just like, he's going to get games in there where they just drop everything on their feet. Like they, you know, they, they almost give up or they have to come back against Denver. They have to come back against Arizona to start the season. In a world, in a world where Sam Howell doesn't turn the ball over, there's nothing the Giants can do. But like you throw like a couple of picks and maybe like an Antonio Gibson fumble. Mm-hmm. And it's going to come down to the wire, brother. Yeah. Still be fun. Do you want to hear a couple games that are probably the worst of the week? Oh, let me see if I can guess these. How many, how many games do you have that are the worst of the week? The absolute shits of the week. I have two. Two. Okay. I'm looking at the schedule here. I want to see if I can guess these. Um, mm-hmm. Cleveland, Indianapolis. Yes. And Las Vegas, Chicago. Yes. Nice. <laughs> uh, dear God, Herbert on IR, Justin Fields obviously out. Equinemius St. Brown is out. <laughs> all, all the dynamic playmakers of the Bears aren't playing. Garoppolo's out with the torso injury. That's actually uh, an improvement for the quality of that game. Right. Aiden O'Connell versus Tyler. Uh, Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer versus uh, Tyler Bagent. Bagent. Agent. Agent, I think uh, I think the Raiders are going to get to a a winning record somehow by virtue of playing the Bears over under also at thirty seven and a half according to PFF that could be even lower somewhere else probably should be uh, NCAA's all division mark with one hundred and fifty nine career touchdown passes. Wow, yeah, so he, he has the all time record for touchdown passes in college. Do you think, Mike, that that will continue on to his success in the NFL? No. You don't think Bajan's going to set the all-time record for passing touchdowns? Yeah, I just I I know it's early. I don't it's think Bajant, I don't think Bajant's the guy. I don't think the baguette is the guy. But I do like Mike, that as a potential. Do you know game. Do you know where he played college football? Oh, I don't. I don't. Fresno you want to take State. a shot? It's D2. D2? Mm. Yeah. Um D2. Are you sure it's D2 or you just think it's D2? It's it's D2. I don't know who is it. They're in West Virginia in the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference. But they're in the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference and they're in West Virginia. I don't make the fucking rules, Mike. I don't know, Mountain Valley State or something like that? Shepherd University. Ooh, Shepherd. The uh I believe their mascot is the Dak Shepherds, correct? Yes. <laughs> um the the other I don't know, the other game that's the shits, but we'll have like one fun aspect to it, and it's like a a car crash aspect is going to be Gardner Minshew against the Browns defense. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it um, could be a bloodbath. 
<laughs> God, he was so bad last week. Uh, what would you guess his over-under for passing yards is? He can sling it around in garbage time, so I'll say like 205, 215. 197.5. Mm, gave him too, I, gave, I gave Minshew in that, that dapper mustache way too much credit. It's also really unfortunate for Colts fans because they just got like hit with a left hook followed by a right hook when it was like Minshew plays absolutely terrible and you lose. And then I think it was like Monday or Tuesday. It was the news came out that Anthony Richardson's done for the year. Sorry about it. That one was such a weird, Mm -hmm. like Jerry Jones moment Yeah, where that news came out because Jim Ursay told people like, it didn't come from like official team sources or like Schefter or anything. It was Jim Ursay just being like, yeah, Anthony Richardson season's over. And then the next day, Anthony Richardson, like the statement came out from the Colts where they were like, Anthony Richardson gets off or gets surgery that will end the season. Yeah, it might be a good thing. Not, no, it's never a good thing when a player has to get surgery, but the silver lining is, you know. Silver lining is my rookie of the year bet is screwed. Yeah, silver lining for me. <laughs> well, Bryce, yours is too Bryce there, Young, back in it. No, my uh, rookie of the year bet was Bryce Young. Yeah. It's still, it's still alive. I'm aware. He's I don't know. Mr. I don't know how alive it is. Go. He's gonna have a he's gonna have a good week this week. They call him Mr. Last Place, and it isn't because of the team record. No. That's mean. What are the what are the chances they draft Caleb Williams over him? They go chosen rosen on him. Uh they they don't have a first round pick, so I don't I don't think that's Fuck, man. Is there anything worse in the world right now than being a Panthers fan? Uh you can't say being a Bears fan because they're gonna have like two top five picks. Yeah, they might have two top two picks. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, that's definitely the the shits right now. If you're if of the shits of fandom, like right now, would you rather be a Raiders fan or a Panthers fan? So at least the Panthers have the illusion. If you're some people, I think the real possibility, in my opinion, of better days ahead. The Raiders are just blah like we're gonna they're gonna end up like what seven and nine nine and seven and they're gonna they're not even gonna play the last game yeah like that's right i'm still stuck in the past i'm an old man i'm an old man you are the jeff fisher of this podcast so yeah so i'm I'm mr uh seven and nine himself um they're gonna end up with like a blah middle of the road record get a a mid first round pick not get any better talk themselves into another year of garoppolo like i don't know did you know Detroit is 28 and 12 against the spread under Dan Campbell? No, but that tracks. Because Campbell came in, <clears throat> we got hired, and the first day he said, like, we're beating spreads, boys. <laughs> Biting kneecaps and beating spreads. That's what it's all about, baby. That's why he's my coach. Uh, you got any other notes, Mike? You got any other, any other games you want to run through here real quick? I mean, we literally talked about all of them, <clears throat> except for Cardinal Seahawks, nothing to say. And then Monday night, Niners-Vikings. But we'll probably touch on that a bit in the Monday podcast. So If we record on Monday, we sure will. Very good, very good. All right, Mike, with that, uh, check out Basky debuting tomorrow. That is our basketball and hockey podcast. Yep. Because I spent six hours a week working on podcasts and decided more. Mm-hmm. Besides that, check out our weekly college football column on Saturday, uh, written by Mike and I. and our other weekly column, Team Town Alone, written by just me. On Saturday was a hefty one this week. It's a hefty one every week. 
That's true. Only two weeks in, but the, I just <laughs> just to give like a peek into my my brain, which is a scary thought. This article, it was meant to be like an outlet for me because we just don't have time to cover college football on these podcasts. <clears throat> and so it's supposed to be like my outlet because I love college football. The problem is I go to write it, and so many thoughts rush to my brain <laughs> that it just comes out like word vomit on a Google Doc, and then I'm constantly going through and being like, all right, how can I shorten this? You know, I don't need a recap play-by-play of this game. Like, sometimes I just get too much into storyteller mode. Like, I'm talking to someone who's never, did not hear a single thing about the game, and I'm like, let me paint you a mosaic picture of what happened on this majestic Saturday. But everybody should read it, or else you suck. Keep an my eye new, out, too. We're gonna, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> I was going to say, that's my new strategy to get uh, people to check our stuff out, is just straight bullying. It's huh. a pretty good strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep an eye out. We're going to start having weekly league pass rankings that we'll, uh, we'll just pin to the front of the site and update every week for NBA as the season starts there. All 32 teams with blurbs updated weekly. Uh, it's very small blurbs. And some hockey content. Still trying to figure out exactly what we want to do, but some hockey content coming for sure. Um, no baseball content. If you want that, go elsewhere. All right, Mike, unless you got anything else, there's only one thing left to say. Shout-outs to the man, the myth, the legend. Big Cock Fox.